Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's another week, another episode of Cincy Brewcast. I'm the Gnarly Gnome, uh, coming at you again, socially distanced. It's awkward. I don't like doing shows this way. But at the same time, uh, there is something that's kind of nice about uh, rolling out of bed in the morning, sitting down, having a cup of coffee, and then just walking downstairs and firing up a show and uh, crack a, cracking open a couple of beers before noon. <laughs> <laughs> the advantages of paternity leave. <laughs> I have a uh, another work meeting scheduled this afternoon, and I'm probably going to be uh, just drinking in the middle of it. But whatever. <laughs> How you guys doing? Um, let's everybody. This is going to be very hard for people to distinguish who is who as we're listening. So everybody, introduce yourselves, and um, hopefully there's enough distinction between everybody's voices that people will kind of not get confused during the show. But that's the disadvantage of digital um calling i guess yeah so just sure. start so around the table we'll just go down the line right yeah so uh i'm my name is uh jim klosterman from prep word marine company i am uh seated on the left hand side that the audience does not care about yeah, your, some... your right hand side gnome <laughs> there's there is there is no video for what people will see so this is just for for our uses so people won't know who's who like looking at it <laughs> Right, right. Uh, seated to Jim's right, which nobody also cares about, <laughs> as we previously discussed. This is uh, Joe Sierra, um, one of the partners here at Board as well. And I'm Bradley Plank. Uh, Ed Brewer here and one of the partners as well at Fretboard Brewing Company. We have not gotten a chance to sit down and do a brewcast with you guys since, I think, very shortly after you guys opened up. Um so there's a lot of different directions we could take this uh, this show. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of things that you guys have been involved in, a lot of things that you guys have done, um, a lot of a lot of medals that you guys have won for some beers that uh, I'm definitely excited to see in, in in cans coming up. We could go down that road, but um, first we definitely need to uh, to drink a beer because um, the beer for it is Cincy Brewcast. We have two options here in my house. Which one should we go to first? We have peso uh, in my hand or uh, wave maker. I'd start off with peso. All right, you guys want to talk about this beer a little bit? I, I before we, I have one question. What makes something a Mexican lager versus just uh, an American style lager versus a pilsner versus uh, any other of the multitude of lager styles that exist? Uh, the the main difference I would say the contrast between a German style pilsner or lager versus a Mexican style is rice or corn. Gotcha. Corn. Yeah, corn. Really that's, a, that's basically a, almost the distinction. So this so corn. This uses corn as an adjunct to kind of uh, is it just to create more fermentables to try it out is that what's is yeah, that we don't we don't get fermentables out of it what we do is it changes the body it gives it more of a smoother still a lager so it's going to remain crisp but it gives it a little more body it gives it a little more of that indigenous location mouthfeel you get from right. mexico basically it does yeah. taste like mexico I've never been yeah. to Mexico. I have no idea what Mexico tastes like. I imagine Mexico. <laughs> I imagine Mexico, Mexico tastes like. Beer, a, so now you know. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> we'll hot, save you the trip. Yeah. Just hot, sandy, yeah. gritty is what I picture Mexico tasting like. <laughs> this is not that. This sandy. is this yeah. is like cold and refreshing. It is light and really easy drinking. So it's funny that you talk about the body of it because I think a lot of people when they first drink it don't don't think about the body of the beer. 
but sure. this does have some kind of some kind of uh, sustenance to it. It's got that 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 fuller kind of feeling than some of the lagers that we all might have been familiar with uh, um, as far as Mexican lagers before. Sure. Um, we won't use their name because I'm pretty sure Google scans every episode looking for the C word, the uh, C O R <laughs> word, and uh, bumps you down in all of your uh, <laughs> your rankings at this point. Um, I love this beer. I love that I can walk into the tap rooms and get it in a big giant mug oh, yeah. and just sit there and just drink this. It's you know I drinkability is one of those words that has been thrown around in the last uh, however many years. I think one of the big guys used it in their marketing campaign or something, but um, it's a real thing. It's one of those things that I think that we kind of got away with with craft beer for a long time, got away from with craft beer. We wanted to sit around and, again, like one of the other big guys did, we want to fuss over our beer and stick our noses in our glass and swirl it in the light and that kind of shit. And there is still like this idea of just getting a big a mug specifically for me of beer and just drinking and just enjoying oh, yeah. that that act of drinking. Not that you can't fuss over a beer like this, but it is to me it's meant to just kind of drink <laughs> and it's it's yeah. great. I love it. Um, perfect one to have in cans. Uh, is this something that is going to be around for a little while, or was this a uh, kind of a, a, a one-off seasonal kind of guy? It was a one-off seasonal kind of guy, and we are out. <laughs> uh, we, we have draft. Yeah, uh, we have plenty of draft in the tap room when yeah. we open back up. Right. Well, and you alluded to it earlier. We we have glad that we're getting ready to can, and uh, to have two of those styles beer on the shelves, we didn't think was right. the, the best thing to do either. So, well, I mean, uh, it last, provides a little shortly. diversity in my cooler when I'm sitting by the pool. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, um, I, I, I really dig this beer. I dig it a lot. It's, it's really well done. We'll get to the other one, um, as I finish this one and we'll talk about that cause it is another lager, which, um, I'm really happy to see. We live in a city that, you know, loggers were supposedly a thing and yet for so long, nobody was really making good loggers and, um, or in, I, I should clarify that before I get the email from somebody. Oh, we were making loggers. Um, there was not a, uh, a multitude of great loggers coming out of breweries around town. And now it seems like there are. And hopefully, especially after one good thing to come from the shutdown, will be that we'll see more loggers from people who are just filling tanks with stuff. <laughs> you, you met, you, I was going to say, you mentioned mugs. And that's, that's one reason why we serve uh, loggers in, in our tap room in a mug. It's just, it's because, not only the drinkability of it, but you're supposed to consume a lot more. Yeah, of it, right. And so I think a lot of craft beer drinkers think, oh, lager, it's a cheap beer, or it's, it's, but it's, it's really a tough beer to brew correctly. But when you drink it, you should drink a lot of it. So we serve it. <laughs> and, they, and we do pictures on this. And yeah. all that stuff. So we, we serve it. And I think it's the official ounce on, on our mugs is 19 and a half ounces. It's almost 20 ounces of beer but we we charge the same price as a pint yeah so it when you talk about lagers talk about the cost behind a lager because a lot of them are uh simpler recipes you know there's not a lot of uh crazy ingredients that are going into it um but the time involved with making a beer like that that is a cost whether people realize it or not you can you can you know roll how many um standard ipas through a tank while you have one lager you know it, that does factor into that right 
Um, to an extent, it does. Yeah, it definitely takes longer in the tanks to turn a tank on a lager. But I think traditionally a lot of brewers have this concept that they have to use their fermenters as a lagering vessel. And you don't have to. Why can't you use your kegs as a lagering vessel? Still cold storage at that point. Right. Still lagering. You know? It's... I- so, I, I don't know the answer just, to that. I don't know why. I you know I'm I'm not a I'm not a brewer. Yeah. I, I have no clue. I uh, you know I think there's a lot of there's a, there are probably a lot of things with um, making beer that people have been doing a certain way because that's just the way you do it without sure. really putting any extra thought into it of why are we doing it this way and can we try it a yeah. different way and do things differently. Um, so in, ingredient wise, I'd say your cost is substantially on the, the middle to lower end of, of if we had to put a graph of our cost of recipes for our cogs ingredient wise it would probably be on the middle to lower end of of ingredients but it is again the time and labor that has to go into that on top of that to make it what it is so there's an upside but i, I there's an roi there is a number on that but it's not 100% ingredients like, say, IPA. Right. Right? So. Yeah. I will say one. that beers oh. like this, I do drink a lot faster, and I drink a lot more of them when I drink them. <laughs> it's my – well, lagers are my favorite right I, now. I as love well. them Glad so much. Being my number one. It's actually really fun to um, – to dive into this one uh, earlier in the morning where I'm, I'm, I'm on an extremely fresh palate. I haven't eaten anything today. Yeah. There is there is a lot going on in this beer. There's I, I do get kind of like an earthy kind of uh, thing going on that I don't know that I've ever tasted in it before. Usually I'm drinking one in the tap room. It's usually after having something else. You guys have right. a lot of a lot of crazier, bigger beers that I will jump on first, be it Fuji or whatever it is that um, I lean towards when I walk in the tap room. My mouth just starts watering when I see it up on the board. And um, this becomes that next one afterwards when I just want to sit down and drink. And so sure. at that time, I can't necessarily taste all of the stuff going on. This is I really, really like this beer. Um, I'm excited to try it next to the other one <laughs> to see yeah. which one I really because I'm really digging that beer. I've bought um, a couple six packs of that, which is a, a rarity for me anymore. It seems like I'm just rolling through um, one here and then the next one and then the next kind of thing released. I'm not going back and rebuying, which is a whole bigger issue that we could talk about. But um, well, you are you are in quarantine land, so yeah. <laughs> it lends itself to buying six packs. Well, it's, yeah, I'm I'm in this really weird world now. And not only are we in this quarantine land where um, you, you can't go to stores the same way you used to, you can't go to tap rooms the way you used to. I'm also in this other weird quarantine with an infant in my house. My wife won't let me leave the house because I have a toddler <laughs> and an infant at the same time, and like our our house is just pure chaos always. Um, so like, I'm in this weird double quarantine thing. So, um, beer right. delivery has been a lifesaver, which you guys just started delivering, um, all of Ohio, right? We, we have the capability. Yes. Started shipping. Shipping. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Correct. correct. On, on our correct. end, it feels the same, except the person walking to our door doesn't uh, look familiar. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, just aside from this whole virus bullshit, um, the idea that we can sit at home when we have other things going on in our life, be it a new baby or whatever it is that has people stuck in their houses, to be able to get onto a website and order beer and have it just show up on your doorstep is right. is, is brilliant and something that it's it's 
insane to me that it's taken so long for it to become um, a thing that people are really focusing on because it's so wonderful. <laughs> it, is. it is wonderful. I mean, so yeah, and I, I think we alluded to this. Um, I We've always had the capability, I believe, to ship within our state boundaries, right? right. But the, um, well, you spend, you spend a lot of your time yeah. focusing on the tap room. You spend a lot of time focusing on your home city and delivering, you know, you know, d- delivering beer to customers and, and taking care of accounts and restaurants and, and retailers. And you, you kind of lose sight of the fact that, wow, I can, you know, I, I guess ship beer anywhere in Ohio. And so you really don't put a lot of forethought into it because yeah. most people are drinking local anyways. And so and if, if you live in Cleveland, you've got a lot of great breweries in Cleveland. If you live in Columbus, you got breweries in Columbus and you're not worried about getting beer. But now that we're all shut down, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I have the capability of shipping anywhere in Ohio. Right. Uh, and oh, by the way, I have online ordering capabilities. Yeah. And, and so we stood up our online ordering system within within a week or two. It took a little bit. It's, it's daunting uh, dealing with any new software, um, but we're, we're pretty proud of how it works and it, it works pretty seamlessly. And what about the logistics and, of actually packaging beer to be shipped out places is that something that's uh difficult or is that something that just kind of fits into the um a little bit of the process you guys were doing before with um distribution well i i think that it creates a new it creates a new process and it really and it really is going to depend on demand right so if this becomes something that takes a half hour per day or an hour per day then we have to shift our focus of, of what we're, our guys back in production on, on packaging beer up and getting it shipped out or some other, some other branch of our, uh, you know, all our employees are, I, I don't know if it's going to be our tap room takes care of that. You know, since we just started it, we're all kind of doing odd projects right now. So we have more time, but as, as demand grows, maybe that shifts to a, a daily focus once, twice, three times a week where we, get orders in and, and package them up and, and wrap them in bubble wrap, put them in a box and, and UPS takes them out. So yeah. UPS can, UPS is the, the carrier that will deliver the beer. Um, uh, Brad and I worked on this a little bit. Um, it's, you know, I guess FedEx won't do it. Is that correct? Well, I mean, FedEx explicitly states they won't ship alcohol. Right. Mm. So, you know, then we're not shipping through the postal service. So, but yeah, I, UPS does it. Um, They'll they'll come to our door every day and, and do a, do what they call a smart pickup. Yep. And so, if um and I don't know if you guys know the answer to this. If we can go down a little bit of a rabbit hole on that, uh, is sure. there a separate license that UPS has to have to be able to to ship beer like that, or is that something that they can just? I would say do? I, my answer is I don't know. I, I don't do know. know that since we are dealing with alcohol, you don't the customers or us do not. Speak pay the standard shipping rate there is right uh, a little buffer added in because it is alcohol and it's a 21 and over required uh, at delivery to sign for the I just, package I, i'm curious to see if like there's if there's that room for somebody to come pop up locally and create a business that would be the beer courier you know to uh yeah. to facilitate that shipping for um for local breweries i don't know if that's you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's illegal to ship through the postal service. Um, pretty sure. I didn't even look, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They, so they, they may be, 
additional license or distribution, yeah. something that they have to do with. Yeah. The, I'm, the I'm really curious breaking. about that, but nobody has really known the answer to it. And I uh, have not had I don't any time to dig. <laughs> I, I think the answer to your question is yes, you're going to see that happen. Um, we can't speak to the carriers right. and what licensing they require, for, but from a brewery perspective, in a direct ship scenario, it's just kind of like distribution. It's a state-by-state law, right? right. And right. so our manufacturer license permits us to ship anywhere in the state of Ohio, um, but uh, pick a state, Indiana. Uh, may have an application that we can fill out to allow us to personally direct ship to Indiana. And now all of a sudden we're in two states, right? And so you could grow that out on an individual basis or to your point, you could hook up. There's two or three major players right now and there's some coming online. It in and of itself is a different business. You could, you could create a partnership and have somebody else do it for you. Right. Right. I think I think you'll see a lot of that stuff going on here in the very short term. It it, it changes the way people think about what this model of um, quote unquote distribution is because now, like you said, if you are you can be a fairly small brewery, and if you if you can sell in these other states, which is a whole other thing, but um, you can sure. you, you can send your beer to. Nevada or, uh, you know, one of these other states that does enable this direct shipping. I mean, we if you go back um, episode five of this season of Cincy Brewcast, we talked to, uh, to no, not season, not episode five. Um, sorry, I thought it was real slick pulling up my notes real fast. Um, Urban Artifact, just go go on whatever your podcast player is. The last episode with Brett from Urban Artifact, because they have dove really heavy into that direct shipping. Um, and any state that they were able to to find that they're able to ship to, they're shipping to. And it seems to be working for them. It seems to be this new model of if your name gets to this place, you can get, even if it's a limited amount of beer there, and people are buying it. You don't have to rely on this traditional model of, um, of, of shipping with a distributor and rolling out a sales team and all of that stuff in a, in a new place. The, there's going to be interesting things that come from this forced uh, creativity, I think. Um, oh, absolutely. I think a lot of the state's liquor laws are being challenged right now as well because sure. of the pandemic that's going on like let's we can use kentucky as an example right very distributor heavy um i think what you're, you're gonna see is a lot of the three-tier state three-tier law states be challenged by their uh current ways of operating sure uh let's let's talk about uh the shutdown a little bit i know it's uh Probably not a fun topic for anybody to talk about, but um, nope. did you guys, did you see this coming a little bit or was this a complete shock on March, what was that, the 15th or 17th or somewhere around 15th, I think, um, when all of a sudden, guess what, uh, you're closed? Yeah. Uh, to, to say the 15th wasn't a shock would be a lie, Yeah. right? Uh, did we see it coming? I would say uh, we started talking about it prior to the shutdown, about two weeks prior to that of, hey, we've got to give this some thought. How are we going to prepare the business for if this happens? What are our, you know, how do we whiteboard 
where the business goes from there. Um, it happened a lot sooner than we thought. Candidly, the, the 15th was a lot sooner than we thought. Um, but to say we weren't thinking about it would be inaccurate. We, we had some things on the board, us in particular, and, and anybody that's canning at scale, so Urban Artifact, Ryan Guys, Mad Tree, um, Sonder, et cetera. Um, we fortunately at least had revenue streams in C stores and off-premise accounts and things of that nature. Um, whereas unfortunately some of the, the smaller guys I really empathize for because right. their, their entire revenue stream were kegs into the market and beers out of their tap room. And that, that went to a zero overnight. Right. And so we were pretty fortunate to at least have a little bit of dollars coming in the door. And, uh, I think, um, you know, everything we've discussed, I think all of us have, it, there's an opportunity in everything. And so a lot of stuff that was backburnered as low priority, you know, hey, let's, I'd rather invest money to get people in my tap room mm -hmm. than invest money in figuring out how to ship because the tap room's higher margin business. Right. Uh, we were all, we now had time and the ability to pivot the business to bring these other facets online that were maybe on the board, but this just expedited it a little bit. They, they weren't. I think they weren't a priority. Correct. <laughs> just, you know. Correct. Priorities. Priorities obviously yeah. reshifted. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's going to change the market landscape forever. You know, whenever by in five years from now, when we're all open 100%, I don't think any of us are going to pull our shipping and pull all the things that no. we figured out. So. I mean, th this mark will be lasting forever and, you know, you've got to embrace it and, and figure out how to do it right. Um, cause I don't, we don't want to have to redo it six months from now cause we did a shotgun start. Right? right. So, um, we're, we seem to be, uh, maybe a little bit slower than the, some of the guys that are bringing stuff online, yeah. but, um, with all the stuff, with stuff, you know, streaming and all of that, we, we want to figure it out once we want to make sure it's, brand worthy it's done right and we can set it forget it and grow those segments moving forward so. you, you guys have a very um a difficult brand to communicate to people without a tap room i think once you <laughs> once you walk in your tap room everything makes sense very clearly you've got you know the the live music aspect of the business is obviously a huge part of who you guys are um, and it it translates really well into the individual brands that you see them on the shelf and um I think that uh, it's it, it is an easier path to cross for some people to uh, to shift their business into just being in stores or being in shipping, and I think it's um, it, luckily for for you guys, everybody around Cincinnati knows you, and I almost think that there is something that is comforting about picking up a can and then you remember that last show you were at at fretboard, <laughs> but yeah. um, as long as this does not continue for a long time, I think you'll be fine. But a new consumer walking into a store and being like who's fretboard what does that even mean <laughs> you know, like yeah, I'm trying to, I mean, trying yeah to there's not everybody that. knows what a fretboard is still to this right See, the guitar players now yes <laughs> um, i uh when i walked into one of my little local local uh hidden spots where i like to buy beer where people don't uh um, empty the shelves before i get to it um it was where i ran to grab a uh, a six-pack before uh, this show this today and i walked in and i said hey man um, what, what fretboard beer do you have? And he's like, oh, I know I've got uh, Reba and I've got that other one that's, you know, it's got that guitar on it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> oh, I believe he meant Bootsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 
So this all this shutdown happened, and you guys had to obviously pivot very quickly. Um, on the flip side of that, I don't know if you guys can hear the rumbling above me. I think the baby must be in his little wheelie bed thing, and my wife is wheeling him right above where the studio is. Right now. It sounds like I heard a horses. Um, no, we can hear that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the other side of things, the pivoting towards opening back up. Um, so the fifteenth, which is depending on when you're listening, no, just happened depending on when you're listening to this episode. Um, outdoor spaces are allowed to reopen in the state of Ohio this week, depending on when you're listening to the show. Uh, indoor spaces are allowed to reopen um, with lots of stipulations behind them. How do you? How do you navigate that idea of pivoting again after you are just settling into pivoting to uh, to this new world? Well, <laughs> I, I know that's a big question, I mean, but <laughs> no, it's tough, right? The answer is meetings and meetings and more meetings to to figure it all out. And you know, um, obviously, when things are announced, information is scarce, and then you get more and more detail, and then you got to meet again to add that detail. Um, Jim can talk in greater detail about um, tap room reopening. In fact, I think there's a meeting this afternoon to kind of nail down the finalized details. But I think the pivot for us is going to be pretty natural. Um, again, going back to glass half full, we are fortunate at fretboard. If you've never been to fretboard, we have a large open space, right? right? So those of us with larger tap rooms have the ability to create the social distancing, the the six to seven feet apart tables, still seat people. That eliminates for us the requirement of barriers and curtains and everything you're going to see in facilities that are much smaller that can't do tables wide apart. Um, so I think our space is pretty conducive to maximizing the amount of tables and chairs as we can get in seating room only as you mentioned it's a bit challenging from a brand integrity standpoint as all the congregating areas are shut down and it's very hard you know we're no longer going to put somebody on stage with the mindset of packing the tap room to max capacity right, right? um but with safety being the number one goal if we can meet all the guidelines, we can seat everybody at tables, everybody's safe on the consumer side, the employee side, and then also the artist's side, our stage is 20 by 20. So there's no reason why I can't have an acoustic player on stage left and a singer right. on stage right six feet apart and at least provide what will – it's not going to be entertainment you're going for the show, but it becomes more – I would much rather have people playing live on stage than Muzak on the background, right? right? So I think we can create like a James Taylor background music, couple people up on stage. You guys are booking stage. James Taylor? Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah. So I... Yeah. And we're bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, that would be an expensive it would, one. It would, it would fill your tapper, that's for sure. <laughs> I... Uh, I, I'm really curious to see how the reaction from beer drinkers is too. I, I think that, you know, obviously we won't know until um, this week or next week how many people are are just chomping at the bit to get back out there versus people who are still kind of freaked out about it. Um, 
you guys do have the disadvantage in your tap room in Blue Ash there that you don't have a big patio space where people can sit outside and, and drink, which I think is going to be where a lot of people are, are leaning at the beginning when it's nice outside and they can sit outside. I don't know if it's any safer to be sitting uh, six feet away from somebody out on a patio versus six feet away from somebody in a tap room. I don't, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how things travel right. in the air, but um, it definitely makes people feel safer. And I think that's, that's a, that's a, that's probably for sure. But um, it'll, you want breaking news, Jim? Yeah. yeah well, Go ahead. Yeah. You want, you want breaking news? Sure. No? <laughs> sure. So we're going to, Go ahead. Yeah, wow, no, I've, you you mentioned patio, so that's it, the the patio construction is starting tomorrow. So Fantastic. we're, we're going to build. It won't be it won't be a huge patio, but right. it'll be it'll be a patio here finally after two and a half years in operation. <laughs> uh, any many many requests uh, yeah. from our from our uh, customers to put in a patio where we're we're finally going to break ground tomorrow. So um, awesome. That, that, that'll be great. So we're. We know the value of that, especially during this time, because you are 100% correct. Whether whether it is safer indoor or outdoor, I'm not a scientist either. I have a science background, uh, but I would say fresh air is always more comforting uh, to people during this time. And let's face it, they just want to sit outside when it's nice. Um, well, so. when, when you've got peso in my hand or something like that, that also translates to just sitting outside and drinking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so again, we were talking about priority shifting, right? So right. we, this was one of the projects that we have had as a priority. It just became a lower priority up until now, right? right? We, we, we kind of, put more of our projects back into the, we, we invested our time and money back into the beer and into the tap room. And then now it's <coughs> shifting back to the patio space, which is going to help us out. It's going to help customers out as well. Oh. A little more comfort. Yeah. And then, know? and I would say we, it's interesting because, because Joe, Joe's right. We do have a very large tap room um, and we can make it, we can expand the boundaries as we as we need to to space people apart and keep people safe. Um, but we do have our um, uh, it's about a 1500 square foot tap like private party space up in the front of our building with nice tables and chairs and a bar. And so we're going to utilize that space and then we'll be able to utilize the patio space. So we're hoping that um, we're hoping that we can we can still seat a decent amount of people, and, and we feel like we've got a decent a, a good advantage to, you know. Unfortunately, what if you go to a restaurant? Um, I don't pick a restaurant. Um, a lot of those all those tables and chairs are very close, and, and they're sometimes gonna, community. Yeah, right. big table where you know me and you sit down with two strangers, and that that's going to be very difficult that's, for those guys. You uh, mentioned change, yeah. our good friend Andy McLeese at Brink, right? Yeah. I mean. Half his tap room yeah. is that large. His tap room table. is a community so it's table. It's not movable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's those become very challenging spaces. But, but yeah, we see it more as a, as, a, as it's. I at least at least we're, we're going to talk today. But the, I, I see it more of uh, as we're going to have to conduct business like a restaurant and seat people at tables. So if you come in with a group of, of six people, then we will assign you a table. Um, unfortunately, it's just. It, the beer, we're a beer hall. It's a, a, the tap room is a modern day beer hall, and people like to stand around and drink and, and yeah. just, and, you know, share tables, and right. it's not a big deal, but now it's a big deal. And so, 
who well, have to operate for like a restaurant. I'm also curious too. I think that in the past there was a lot of um, you'd call your buddy when you were leaving work and say, "Hey, you know, I, I I've got you know an hour before I really have to get home and I start getting yelled at from my spouse." Uh, you want to you want to you want to yeah, meet yeah. up really quick for a you beer. Have one or two. Yeah, have have one or two at fretboard real quick. Or uh, yeah. my excuse always is, oh, I just need to pick up a, a growler, or a howler, or something. Uh, I'll just be a minute. I just need to stop and pick up a beer, or a six pack, or something, and then I stop and have a pint and text him, hey, meet me up here for for an hour. Um, I'm curious to see how much of that shifts of people meeting up for a beer versus people just running out with their their wife or whatever it is and just getting out of the house and grabbing a beer how much that kind of um that dynamic of who is sitting in the tap room how that changes too uh, again we'll, we'll we'll know more i guess in a couple of weeks <laughs> it's gonna be interesting I, so I, I get it from both sides of the fence right so i've got a lot of friends who are excited that the tap room could open back up but a lot are still hesitant to come back out in the public open spaces and yeah. congregate regardless of what the restrictions are, but they're still uncomfortable for that. There's some who are like, take the bull by the horns. Let's get back out. Let's open up the economy. I'm where I think I always try to take a neutral in the middle stance. I see benefits and negatives of both sides, whether I, I'm right or wrong about those are just opinion based, but like, we don't know. We don't know what the public's going to do. We don't know how the public's going to react. It's that's, that's a very up in the air thing that we can't predict. Yeah, so. I, I think I kind of fall in the middle too, but it's a much more uh, uh, turmoil driven in the middle. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle because I've got this one side of my brain that's really, really excited. I'm like, oh my god, tap rooms, tap yeah. rooms, tap rooms, and there's the other side that says no tap rooms. You know, you cannot get out <laughs> in public. That's everyone is disease ridden, and like these sides are just like coming in the middle and just like it's this horrible battle right there so like it's not like a it's not a happy middle it's like this horrible like uh, uh it's 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 crazy it's and that's that's coming from somebody that loves sitting in a tap room and is is desperate to sit in a tap room right now i'm about to to, to, <laughs> to toss babies out windows and uh tie yeah. try, tie three-year-olds up in the shed so that they uh <laughs> just out of the house like i am I, I, this is this is the time where i need to sit down and have a beer a tapper more than ever <laughs> right um, well regardless where anybody falls on any spectrum yeah. of belief or etc it's incumbent upon any business owner to to create an environment to um include as many of those consumers and and whatever their beliefs are as possible right, right? we only get one shot at doing this and if we do a taproom configuration that doesn't make you and your wife feel comfortable, then you're not going to come back until all of this is over. Right. Right. Or I'll come and, back without my oh, wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what, that's what all these meetings are about. I mean, we should be whiteboarding. These are, these are the five different profiles, right? And how right. do we make sure every profile in that list feels safe in our establishment. That's that's a yeah. really that's a really good way to put it and something that uh, I think is really important to try to try to visualize who those people coming into your tap room are and what they're thinking and why they're thinking that and and how you cater to everybody at the same time, which is really difficult to do. Um yeah, it's it's a it's a really really scary time for me to think about how how everybody uh figures it out and um there are some there are some places and i think you guys are one of those places that falls into having the ability to do that because you have the space and because you have um 
the ability for people to have a little bit of elbow room. I look at some of these tap rooms, some tap rooms that I love, and sometimes I love them because they're small and because they're intimate and because it's about that really close social kind of interaction. That right now it's like, oh my god, like I I can't picture a a scenario where I can go in there and really feel comfortable. Um, sure. I want to implore to anybody who is listening to also take some kind of responsibility for that too. When you go out, especially at the beginning here to just not be an asshole to people. Like if you see somebody, um, we're all working hard. If, if, yeah. you, if you see somebody yeah. that is wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, whatever it may be, um, don't give them shit for either of their decisions. If you're not comfortable in a place, either look around and find a way that you can make yourself comfortable for there or whatever, or just go home. Like, just don't be an asshole to people who are out trying to do their thing. And um, I, I don't think craft beer has an issue with making people comfortable. <laughs> that's that's. That, I'll get an email about that too. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that craft beer drinkers are um, are malicious at heart. I think that there is um, this industry is more friendly than a lot of other industries, and I think that we will be able to uh, to navigate this um, somehow. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Well, let's, I was going to say alcohol breaks down boundaries, right? Yeah, so it does. that's, that's what I'm a little worried about. If you, you have uh, come in and have four blads in the tap room and, and you were, you were feeling, you were feeling very cautious before then people become uncautious after, yeah. after right. drinking well, beer. And that's, I'm a, that's I'm a hugger. Different. I'm a hugger by my very nature. And if I have been cramped yeah. up in the house for, for two months and had a baby and, 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 at my wits end some nights and I get out that next day and I go to a tap room and I see somebody who I consider a friend, but my first instinct is, Oh my God, <laughs> I just need, yeah. I need this. Me. <laughs> sure, yeah. Let's, uh, let's crack open another beer here. Sure. Uh, Wave maker. This was your collaboration with arts wave. Um, another logger, a, in some ways similar, I assume that there's a corn base to this, right? Yeah. Um, Talk about this beer a little bit, because I think um, bourbon mash lager is hard for a lot of people to understand what that is. And I yeah, want to. So uh, we we went with the approach that, you know, we wanted to try a bourbon mash beer. So basically, if you look at the, the definition of what makes bourbon bourbon, I believe the number is 51 percent has to be corn. Yeah. Corn. Yes. So we did a 51 percent corn based recipe. And your other two ingredients are rye and, and barley. No, right? you don't have to do rye. You can do wheat, but you can't. You can't. Correct. 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 This, Absolutely. This meets the definition of a bourbon mash. Correct. Yeah. Um, so we made the beer and then we aged it on American oak while it was fermenting. So this beer could be distilled into bourbon. Uh, I, I, you're out of my process zone, so I don't know. <laughs> because well, my mind well, goes yeah. a whole different level. Well, really, <laughs> it's not high enough in alcohol, I the, imagine. The first step to making bourbon is making beer. So you could, as long as the mash is correct, you yeah. are correct. You could distill that down into yeah. a bourbon. Um, this does not, it, I think that there's a, there's a mindset when you when you see bourbon mash or something like that on a can that you think it's going to be something. You think you know Kentucky bourbon barrel ale or whatever it is, right. where it's over the top barrel and it's it's this it's you taste bourbon in your beer. This isn't that. This is a uh, this would almost be a really good uh, 
if you need a uh, a beer back with your bourbon or something like that, something that goes really well with it and kind of pulls out some of those flavors from bourbon that you don't always get. Um, you, it, I, I describe it as you get all the wood flavors that you do off of a barrel aged bourbon without the bourbon. Yeah, it doesn't have the um, best way to describe it. Yeah, it 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 does have the 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 flavor profile of of bourbon but it doesn't have that bite and the heat and all right. of those things that you have to learn your way around i guess um, you get the oak you get the wood you get the vanilla undertones in there there's again and so with the again with the presence of corn you get a creamier mouthfeel on the body you know it's yeah it's really awesome again not to use the the word that nobody understands what it means but it's really drinkable it is yeah uh, <laughs> um, it's it's one of those you know what's funny one of our one of our uh, our mottos of making beer and approaching recipes our number one well it's one of our targets is drinkability that's not a joke it, so it, it hits it hits perfectly right in that and it's there are a lot of loggers that you just Again, this is this is kind of uh, uh, going against everything I said earlier. There are some vloggers that you just drink and you you can't even think about because there isn't anything to think about with them. They just go down and that's it, and that's that's fine. Sure. Um, this is one of those ones that fits into kind of this this multi sided thing that you want to do. Where it, if you don't want to think about this beer, you don't have to think about this beer. It just goes down and it is good. Um, yeah. If you want to fuss over it a little bit. There are some really crazy levels there that you can go into with uh, with the flavor and the, the the body of it and everything that you can you can fuss over. I like it a lot, and uh, as, as soon as the sun comes out, I'm really excited to see how it goes down sitting outside in the backyard <laughs> with, Very some, good. with some kind of meat of on the bar. smoker or something yeah. like that, or around a fire, you know, things like that. These things that will that you know whether people agree with it or not do pull out other flavors of your beer where you're drinking your beer does affect how your beer tastes and uh, uh i'm excited to get outside and drink some of this yeah um yeah that beer in particular is, is probably one of my favorite um that we've done just because it's very unique and it's a little bit more complex than just your standard lager so there's there's lots of levels to that and and when as you drink the beer itself, it kind of changes too. So right. what you taste initially, you get a lot of that oak and vanilla smell that Brad was talking about. But then as you drink more, you taste less of that and then you get more of the sweetness of the corn. And yeah. I, I don't know, it's just kind of a cool beer. And and yeah, you can slam back a six pack real easy. So <laughs> I'm fairly certain I will today. <laughs> um, Tuesday. I do want to talk. I don't, I don't know if you're going to ask about Artswave, but um, Artswave in particular uh, shows us again this year as their their beer uh, or their brewery to collaborate with. So we, we were honored to do that. Now, what's interesting about this is this is their big fundraising part of their season and um and it started in february um and they with the pandemic really they, they've been really down on on the amount of funds um that they've been able to to collect so their goal this year was i mean close to something like 20 million and i think they're about 10 million off yikes um so and unfortunately you know that's that's not good news for all the artists and and people in this area because Arts, arts wave really donates to so many different foundations and, and different um, uh, arts uh, driven, you know, uh, businesses. And so next Tuesday, um, or this, uh, was it, when is it the Tuesday? Day? Day. A week, yeah, week from today? I, I, it's quarantine land, so I this, forget what day it is. This episode um, will post on next Monday, which is the 
18th. So tomorrow. So tomorrow, so tomorrow. the 19th. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So then it, so it'll be the, the 19th is is what it'll be. Uh, but we're we're gonna do an online um, fundraising. Uh, Fun, fun drive for for Arts Wave here at the brewery, and and we'll have an artist play on stage, and then we're having some executives come out and talk, and and hopefully try to drive some business for for Arts Wave, uh, and, and raise some awareness for that. Well, it's it's a really I I hope that everybody understands the the multitude of people who are impacted by a shutdown like this. Like it's not just your your local restaurant or your local breweries or things like that, which are easy to support through all of this, be it from takeout or whatever it is. Like it's easy to to help support these people when you want to. You start looking at the art side of things, you know, be it musicians, like you guys tend to uh to lean towards in your tap room with uh what you guys do, you know, that's hard to support through all of this. It's hard to uh it's hard to to throw them a couple bucks when you can't go see them play live. Um I've I've heard crazy things like there aren't going to be um the opera is uh, something that uh, I, I've heard will not be running for a really long time because of the amount of people that are on stage at the same time. You know, stuff like that, that uh, the ballet, I don't know how that translates into um, this post coronavirus opening back up, you know, getting all of these people together, you know, stuff like that, that um, that's the kind of stuff that ArtsWave also supports and helps. And so, it might be a good organization to uh, to support right now because they can help funnel that into the places that it really needs to go through all of this. But um, I assume artswave.com or something like that, people can learn more about Artswave or just get on Facebook and uh, and and look for Artswave um, if you don't already know who they are, which hopefully everybody who listens to this. They does. are um, artswave.org. That's what I meant to say. Artswave.org. See? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Brad, you're hired. You can sit right here in this chair, and anytime I say things, you can Google it and just make sure I'm right. <laughs> I'll, I'll feed the Robin to your Howard Stern. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and that's a very bad example for any Howard Stern fans, because Robin is always wrong now. <laughs> well, I haven't listened to him in quite some time. <laughs> um, Let's talk a little bit before we uh, start wrapping things up about some of the stuff that you guys have in the pipeline um, that we should get excited about. We mentioned Vlad is coming in cans, and I am just I am thrilled about that because I'm a Pilsner nut, and uh, yeah. you guys have a damn good Pilsner. It's, Thank uh, you. <laughs> it's Thank you. I mean, uh, it's not just coming from me; it's a medal winner. So, um, yeah. talk about that, and talk about some of the other things that we we can talk about that are in the pipeline. So yeah, so I you know I, I've been pushing the guys and the team to I've I wanted to can Vlad two years ago. Like it's a little premature. That's fine. I understand that. I was just gung ho about it. We won an award. I was excited. I wanted to get exposed exposure for that beer all over where we could. So we you know we did a couple lager runs and cans just to see how they uh, did in the market. We were you know satisfied with their performance. So now we're coming out with Vlad. In cans on May 19th. We're going to package it on the 18th and believe we're going to be in C stores and local retailers at the start. And then you'll see larger retailers pick that up a little further down the road. I would say, I don't know the exact date on that one, but um, we're just really excited. It's going to be an 899 format, six pack cans. Um, I love the price point too. Putting it at 899. Yeah. Yeah, love it. 
And and the plan is to be permanent. Yes. Sorry. All year round. If, awesome. if all you wonderful supporters buy it, the the plan is for it to never go away. So. Yeah. I I can't imagine a world where people are not buying that uh, over lots of other mediocre pilsners that are around. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you guys, you guys, you guys straddle a really fun line as a brewery where you've got some really great traditional styles that, uh, and there, there are a couple of breweries that do this really well in town. But um, you have these really great traditional styles, German styles, and then you'll throw something out. I've, I've mentioned Fuji on already on this episode that, that yeah. is not traditional in any way, shape, or form. Um, or even some of the the barrel age stuff you guys have put out that is uh, loaded up with some some really great adjuncts and uh, and and just really fantastic flavors that uh, um, dessert in a glass if you if you want to put it that way yeah. and uh, um, it's fun to have breweries that can do that and I feel like there are some places that are just one note that you walk in and you know exactly what you're going to be drinking and that's it and you guys kind of uh, run the gamut for people and. Um, people feel good about that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, nice to have a diversified team when we have different backgrounds, just like music, we have different tastes in beer and we can group things together and put it into a product, try it out. And if we like it. It's great. We re- release it. If we don't, well, you know, haven't had one we haven't liked yet. I'll put it that way. I, um, I would say probably me being in charge of the tap room. Um, it, it's probably the biggest feedback I get of, of appreciation as our customers that say there's, there's not many beers I don't like from you guys. I can drink them all. And I love how it's uh, one day I can come in and drink a Vlad or, you know, but the next day I feel like I need to get a crazy train, which is probably one of our most metal winning beers that we have right. um, aside from Vlad. And then, but then the next day, like you said, I, I would, you know, I can't wait for Fuji to come back because I just want a dessert yep. beer, you know, oh, or yeah. a breakfast ale. So um, people are very appreciative. Um, and I get that feedback a lot of, of how diversified the the, the, the gamut is of, of beers here. It's also hard for me because like what I drink when I walk into a tap room is very different than what I drink when I'm coming home at the end of the workday and just cracking open a beer that I had in the fridge. So there are some breweries that I may love to go to the tap room and I may love to drink there. But when I'm coming home, I don't have any other beer in my fridge because it's not what I want to drink at home. If that sure. makes any kind of logical sure. sense, yeah, I don't know. but total sense. Absolutely. And you guys, you guys definitely fit both sides for me where it may not be the same beers. Like when I walk into the tap room, I might be drinking this versus when I'm at home, that might be in the fridge, you know, like it's, it's very different sides of things. So, um, I appreciate more breweries that are able to do that than, uh, than, than, than something one note, you know, not naming anybody, but <laughs> there are one note breweries around town that I just don't, you know, I don't buy that much beer from. And that's a, that's, that's. I guess that works for them, I guess, if they have people that just want that one thing, but, um, sure. And I mean, everybody's unique, right? Well, and I, and I, and I think what we try to do, we try to do very well, right? So you won't see us do, um, a lot of sour on, on our system or, or balloon or vice or things like that. It's not that we can't do that, but we just haven't, we haven't gotten there yet. Right. right. So we've perfected what, what we, what we push at, what we have now and what we release mm-hmm. to to our consumers, but you know, we'll get there too. A lot of people, well, when are you going to do sour? I'm like, well, we're just not there yet. <laughs> we, we'll get there. We'll get there someday. Yep. Is there anything else coming in the pipeline that you guys want to talk about? 
I mean, we can we can touch Hamilton for a minute if you like. So that kind of lends itself as there will be a brewery online there eventually, right? You guys have um, had some some bad timing, I guess, with all of that. <laughs> it just uh, happened to fall right in the middle of all of this. Yeah, un- unfortunately, it really is. And they we in Hamilton, they I don't know if you remember back in December, January, they had issues with a, with an underground pipe burst, right. um, or they had or, or they had water in, in the gas line, so things were shut down there for for a good week. Um, so it, it's kind of has been bad timing, but the the community there has been very supportive. I get texts all the time when you guys reopening, when you reopening. So I'm not. It's still it's still up in the air uh, whether it's going to be this this Friday or not. But I think because the, the rooftop patio of that place is fantastic. Um, uh, at our Hamilton location, but the, unfortunately I think it's going to be bad weather this weekend. So yeah. we're yeah. probably looking more like it as, as the 21st would be the reopen date. But there will be a brewery online. Um, talk a little bit about what that means for you guys as a brewery too. It, a brewery online in Hamilton, is it going to be uh, kind of one-off test kind of stuff, or is it going to be just kind of a place to crank out more of the stuff that we're familiar with here in, uh, or there so, in Blue Ash? It's a mixture of both, right? Um, it it will be a, a, a place that we will make some unique beers strictly for the the that restaurant tap room. Um, also, yeah, it will be a place for us to, to you know try and experiment with some some recipes. We can make some beers there that we don't necessarily need to make on a large scale. So right. we can use some existing recipes that we have, that we don't need to make 20 barrels of that liquid for Right. So we can make, you know, five or 10 barrels of that liquid. What, you know what I mean? And, and just do it on a smaller scale. Um, and it makes more sense, you know, financially that way, but yeah, it, it's a mixture of both. So we'll be able to yeah play with new recipes and, 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 you know, curate existing ones on a smaller scale. As a Butler County resident, I personally am excited about Hamilton. I love I love the space. Uh, there is one thing going there that does not have uh, um, in, in, in Blue Ash. That is Dora. You can go in and you can get a beer to yeah. go. And you can walk around Hamilton and be socially distanced as much as you want. And uh, you can jump around to a couple other businesses there in that little, uh, little downtown area. Um, which I think is going to become very valuable as things do start opening up and the weather cooperates. Although I'm pretty sure there will be people standing on patios all around town uh, <laughs> last week yeah. when you're listening to this with umbrellas drinking their beer. <laughs> um, but um, I'm, I'm excited to see how Hamilton is, is definitely in the middle of a resurgence, which I know is a little... Uh, a little cliched when people talk about um, breweries and the areas that they're in. That's that's kind of part of what makes breweries great is what it does for areas that they're in. Um, but with the spookino coming in there and the, the the new businesses that have been opening, it's really exciting to see you guys become part of that in Hamilton. And uh, again, maybe I'm maybe I'm biased because of where I live, but uh, <laughs> I'm really ex- I'm really excited to see you guys become part of. Um, not that I, I don't live in Hamilton, but I still consider that part of my community and somewhere sure. that's close to me and something that I feel very strongly about. So I'm excited to see that and, uh, a place that's a little closer for me to go grab, uh, grab beer when I need it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, we appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I live, I live in Butler County as well. So I include that in my, my community and I've 
longtime people that live in Hamilton that I know. So they like to call me the mayor of prep board in Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> I was going to go with the ambassador, but all right. <laughs> I like the mayor. <laughs> there, there are a lot of fret board ambassadors here in, uh, in yeah. Butler County. I can say right. that for sure. <laughs> um, what do you want people to know about fretboard that you think they don't know um, right now? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think what what people need to know is, is number one is, yes, we still are a music brewery and we are still going to support our musicians. Um, we're all in a weird time. So we, we, we are going to be altering some of those things right now. Full bands and stuff like that on stage are probably going to have to be a pause uh, for now. Uh, but we're going to hopefully with what Joe talked about before was maybe we can start doing some live streaming. Maybe we can start doing things to bring that tap room experience out to, to other people that aren't ready to venture out yet. Right. So, um, but yeah, we'll continue to support our musicians. I mean, we're all musicians here. Um, the worst thing for us is seeing that, Hey, we can't have full bands and do the same things that we're doing, but we, we have to do it um, out of safety and precautions. So we've, we've got to change how things, how, how we roll yeah. until, until we can get back to normal. Um, but that's, that's probably number one for me is, is in, in the tap room. I think that's, that's just, Hey, let's roll with what we got and, and let's, let's be safe and, uh, and we'll all weather this together. Yeah. So what do you think, Joe? I think that's very fair. I mean, um, uh, it's not anything anybody doesn't already know, right? But right. music is is the core of this brand, and so we we like I said earlier, we got to keep three groups safe: the consumers, our employees, and the artists. And uh, as as when we feel like we can do that, the music will be back on that stage, and we'll, we'll make it happen in a safe manner. So it's it's um, so important, though, and I, I I to create a space where not only people can get back out of their house and feel a little bit normal and find a way to socialize somehow, whatever that means socializing in the middle of all of this, or as it's going away or whatever you want to consider it. Um, and then creating a space for artists to get back out and start to, uh, start to exist again, I think is, is really, really important. And I hope people understand that. Like, cause everybody's been talking about supporting their local restaurants and, and breweries and stuff. And I haven't heard a lot of people, um, raising a stink about supporting local artists and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I hope that people start thinking about that a little bit. Um, yeah, that, there's a lot of artists who rely on uh, playing gigs yeah. as their source of income, which obviously, has been the rug's been taken out from under their feet. Yeah, and, for, and they're, right? not get, so, they're not able to um, get unemployment either. That's the uh, the thing that that's uh, the other thing. Is, correct. You know, correct. if you if you work in a restaurant and you were able to be laid off, whether you were able to get unemployment so far is a whole different question. But you are eligible for it, whereas these artists are not. And um, um, if you know somebody that's an artist, reach out to them and uh, buy them dinner or something like that, and uh, go get takeout from a local spot and a. Uh, <laughs> get some local beer and then give it to them and be like, Hey man, I'm sorry sure. that we're going through this. I'm going to find something that you can do. And I don't know what that is, but, um, it's, it's, yeah. it's not only the artists, it's the sound engineers, it's the stage hands, it's the lighting yeah. techs, people, yeah. you know, anybody, I mean, I look at all the concerts, the big concerts that are being canceled, you yeah. know, it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you look at some of these massive tours that have these this this whole 
these massive groups of people that are employed by this 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 group that is going around to put on this tour that um it, we're gonna feel a lot of uh repercussions from this for a very long time i think well, um looking I at agree. the going back to the the beer industry um looking locally what do you guys see happening with our local community through all this do you think we're all gonna i mean the the article just got posted today that there is a, a sign up in rock bottom's window that there is retail space for lease now so they are officially not opening back up which right. i think that writing was a little bit on the wall after some bankruptcy issues and stuff this year but um are we all going to make it through this I don't know. I mean, I, I hope so. I, I don't know. This could be the start of a depression, but could I be. mean, let's let's hope the virus isn't as bad as, as we think it is and, and that we can all kind of stay healthy and, and weather the storm, but also keep the economy going. That's really my hope. Right. Um, uh, otherwise, you're going to see. I mean, I who knows? I mean, I, my sister works for JCPenney. They may close their, you know, their their box stores right. and go online. So you're talking lots of jobs yeah. that will be gone. It's, uh... I, I think the largest variable is what the state does. Um, you know, with any business, you have cash reserves, you have your rainy day fund, et cetera. We're all, every business is using those dollars, government subsidies, things of that nature to weather this immediate storm. But the we're in the eye of the hurricane right now. And we're going to hit the next storm next week when we all open up and see what diminished capacity revenues do. Right. You know, in a lot of cases, you, we've got to bring on a higher percentage of expense than we're going to get back on the revenue side, which creates a unique business challenge. And, you know, if, if, if state government decides to ride out this six foot table rule through the end of the year, um, and you're one of the smaller breweries that we mentioned where you don't have a conducive space and things of that nature. I think with every month that peels by, it's going to become harder and harder for a lot of these small businesses, us included, to, to stay alive, right? Now, if we get through this and, you know, we're only talking about 60, 90 days of this, um, then, you know, it's, it's a more optimistic outcome, but the, the largest variable is what are we allowed to do right. and, 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 sure. and how long is that? And, and that's, yeah. that's a moving target. Well, right? I, I've seen lots of places that, uh, that are pushing that rule a little bit as much as they can get away with of what are we allowed <laughs> to do right now? <laughs> Again, yeah. I, I won't name names, but, uh, if, uh, you know, you got to get a little scrappy and, uh, I, 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 get, I salute seeing get, that too. <laughs> yeah. You can appreciate the mindset of, Hey, I've got X that can get me to Y. And if I don't push the envelope, then Y is me shutting down. So what's the difference if, yeah, you know, like right. when your back's to the wall, like why wouldn't you push the envelope if yeah. you're just going to have to close it anyway? Yeah. Right? yeah. If, if you need to sell beer out of your trunk, sell beer out of your trunk. And I think people are doing that. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, I like that. We are definitely not advocating that. However, if you have really good beer and you want to sell it out of your trunk, give me a call and I might buy some. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of friends that like to buy beer for me. I, I, I might have about our wear, right? I might have a nice set of tower speakers to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you need a watch. I got a watch. Um, yeah, guys, radio? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to, uh, to, to make this show happen. And for anybody who is listening to this, go out and, and just buy some fretboard beer and support your local artists. And when things get back to some kind of normal, get out there and, uh, and stand six feet away from people and smile and wave and tell them that you love them and you appreciate them because we, uh, we need that right now. <laughs> we need to, yeah, uh, to yeah, get back to some kind of social norm. Um, social media, people can find you guys on all of it and see all of the latest happenings. Um, like we mentioned earlier, you can get fretboard beer delivered right to your house. Or if you have friends somewhere in Ohio that have heard you talk about fretboard, but they haven't got to try it, tell them they can do that and they can get beer right to their doorstep. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft.